Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is Carlo. And today, uh, you know, I have a, a couple of uh, very rough-looking dudes uh, guesting today. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Battle Brothers, tell me what your names are before the Emperor. Gre- greetings. I am Curtis Macrius Solarius. I am Jeffricus Martinius. <laughs> Oh, see, ha, they, ha, ha, Battle Brothers. <laughs> That's how Space Marines laugh. They go, ha, 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 every time. Well, ha, 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 we you, are covered in blood. That is correct. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you got to make sure that people know that you're laughing. That's right. It's funny. I'm so just they, imagining they like will, a Space Marine stand-up show where it's just like a thousand you know, guys going, ha, 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 ha. There's you know, a recent uh, Warhammer book where there is a Space Marine who is funny. And it is the most off-putting thing to everyone around him. Like every, no one knows how to how to react to this space marine who makes jokes about things because they're like, but also you could snap my spine by looking at me wrong. So it's just like him making jokes and everyone else being. <laughs> Battle brother, are you crusading hard or hardly crusading? Ha ha ha. <laughs> I hear that you don't have to be crazy to work in this platoon, but it helps. <laughs> you don't have to be crazy to work here, but in fact, it's heresy if you are. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Bolt Gun, the Warhammer 40K doom basically <laughs> and it fucking rocks it does so uh kurt i believe you were the first one to uh to sound the clarion call sound the beacons if you will yes uh, and so you have um you you don't play warhammer 40k but you know a lot of the lore <laughs> i i play everything except for 40k itself i i i am a big 40k fan um, and I have enjoyed many, many, many of the computer games. Um, I, I would say that the first Dawn of War is probably the original game that got me interested in Warhammer in the first place. Like, I knew what it was since time immemorial. Um, since Warhammer is funny in that, like, it basically got popular right as the internet was starting. So it's kind of, it's it, it's funny, like, if you were on the internet in the 90s, it kind of felt like it was always just a little bit around. Like, you might not really know what it was, but you'd see, like, glimmers of it, you know, disappearing between the trees. Uh, if you like strange nerds carrying briefcases filled with tiny little painted men. If um, you liked sci-fi at all, you yes. would just stumble into it by accident <laughs> yeah. if you were on the internet in the 90s. Yeah, somebody would just start talking to you about ultramarines, and you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking? The color? What? 
So, so one of the things that, like we were joking around earlier, uh, one of the things that, um, especially for the Space Marines, seems to be, for me at least, like that sort of super self-serious, you know, <laughs> starting to go into camp type territory yes. is uh, like one of the origins feels like it springs directly from like, uh, what's his face? Um, fuck. Uh, Frank Herbert? Judge Dredd. Judge, Judge Dredd. Dredd. Yes. Uh, yes. Early 40K is explicitly uh, like a pastiche of influences from Dune, 2000 AD, mm-hmm. uh, Tolkien, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, well, like Judge Dredd is explicitly part of that melange of influences to the point where the original, uh, <laughs> like in like first or second edition 40K, they had a unit called Arbides, which were just cops. And the miniature was just Judge Dredd with a different hat. Yes. <laughs> and, that was it. and they still exist. I don't think they officially call them like judges anymore, but they still use the, um, I forget the name of Judge Dredd's uh, cool, cool motorcycle, but they still have, like that still exists in 40K as far as I know, are like the cool motorcycles that the judges and they still uh, right. have the eagle shoulder pads. They still have the, the eagle uh, shoulder pads. Uh, Michael Moorcock is very angry because they totally just took his like chaos symbol and, and you know <laughs> didn't ask him. It's like well, this is ours now, and they've been using it for yeah. Know, they kind of took his years. whole conception of of chaos they did, and then yes. added like some specific names to some gods. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'll say though is that you know coming into this game. There is also a lot that is just kind of like the like Warhammer is funny because it's one of those things where, as Jeff said, it just kind of like started out as like, you know, a pastiche of like three or four very distinct, obvious things Um, like reading Dune for the first time for me. I was like, oh, this is just Warhammer. Like Warhammer just took took off this. Mm -hmm. Um, But over time, they've piled so much shit on top of it that it kind of has taken on its own weird flavor and an emergent uh property <laughs> yeah basically yeah it's it's basically like 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 emergent ip like it's it's starts out as a remix and they remix upon remix upon remix and there's just so much there's just so much stuff like that never it, there's so much stuff that like i have you know having been playing warhammer video games for i don't know 20 years at this point and having a bunch of friends uh who are super into warhammer um, like periodically I will still discover something that is like very well known, but I had never heard of before. Mm. <laughs> and then there's I found that there's 85, you know, uh, fan wiki articles about it. Well, there's a really interesting is- similarity in the way 40 K is developed to the kind of like shared universe, mm. uh, like comic book stuff that is developed. Totally. Except that it's a lot more kind of focused because, there have been far less people at the steering wheel trying to drive it. And it's also, it was kind of designed originally to be this giant, huge world that wasn't being driven by like a small amount of characters. Mm -hmm. It was designed to be really open so that your little painted plastic spacemen were the main character of the galaxy, but it was so big that that could be true simultaneously for everybody and so they ended up with this giant mass of of fiction developed over the years that creates this 
really like intensely detailed setting and a shocking amount of uh like really old like from the 80s lore that they never had to go back and really change that much like more of it stuck than than seems reasonable for something that started like 40 some years ago yeah and the other charming thing about it or at least i find it charming is that if they want to bring something back or to disappear something they basically just say that like it got lost in like a in like a paperwork error essentially because like the whole conception of of you know the 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 imperium of man is is that like it's it's this vast bureaucracy that's so vast that you know like a misfiled form will result in 800 worlds being lost forever in like you know because somebody put the folder in the wrong place so like oh man there's <laughs> there's a fantastic uh section of a recent book where that is uh like a full subplot is this this woman who gets this uh, message from a planet that is so important that she's like, I need to deliver this by hand. But to just get to the place where it can be delivered by hand is a days long journey <laughs> that involves like having to go through the sewers, uh, nearly being murdered by uh, these like uh, vellum scavengers that are just essentially like <laughs> an entire culture that lives in the recycling bin, but it, it's like the size of a city and they're just murdering <laughs> each other over scrap paper that they can resell to the administratum. Uh, and, and it's this whole, this whole subplot <laughs> that goes and she, like, she, it's so dangerous. This woman almost dies so many times and she finally gets the message to where it needs to go. And that guy is out of office. So go go home. Get out of here. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. If the if the TV series The Office had been set in that area, could you imagine Dunder Mifflin just like knifing the competition for access to the oh, paper that they're going to resell? That'd well, be amazing. Deutsch Root would be at home. Oh, oh yes. Yes, well, absolutely. Do, I forget the name of them, but D Dwight Schrute would be one of the guys from uh, the Administratum, which is kind of like the civil service of the Empire, essentially. It's like um, the entire encapsulating bureaucracy that runs everything yes. but the church. Right. Um, they have – there's like – there's like – counter archival teams whose sole job is to go around with flamethrowers and burn parts of of the archives that are heretical or they want to delete or they just you know or or possibly just like over like a petty grudge so like you know there's just it's like you know half of these guys are constantly filling the infinite library with more shit and half of them are constantly trying to burn shit because it's the wrong shit. So anyway, suffice to say we're way off of bolt gun, but it is a, it is a fun and nuanced <laughs> universe, whether you are reading about it or, or shooting at it. And my preference personally is the shooting. And this game certainly gave me plenty of that. Absolutely. So th this is uh, basically it's, it's, it's a modern game. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, they, they developed it, you know, like using modern game technology development or whatever. I yes. don't know. 
It's actually very but, clever. So like what what th- this is I think it's built in Unity. I'm not sure. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't it was the Unity or Unreal. It was one of yeah. the U engines. Yes, yes. Um, but they they did a neat thing. So like they they basically made a modern looking game or like modern ish looking game, and then they they put a bunch of like graphical filters over it to to pixelate it in real time. Essentially, so like if you start it and play it with default settings. It looks very much like it looks halfway between um, Doom and Quake, I would say, because mm-hmm. like like your weapons and a lot of the stuff in the environment is actually a 3D model, whereas in in Doom, everything was like a 2D brush that would that would kind of rotate to face you. And the the enemies are mostly 2D brushes. Um but like your weapons and stuff are are 3D, but but then they they just kind of retrofy it on the fly. Um, and what I, I appreciated that you can kind of like adjust the presets to make it more or less retro. So like you can kind of like advance it to look a little bit more like Unreal Tournament, or or you can walk it back to make it look much more like uh, Wolfenstein-y, which I thought was was uh, clever. But yes, you are right. It, it's, it's built in like a modern game engine with like a modern physics engine and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is sort of funny because um, you you notice immediately, like, like you were saying, the, the 2D brush effect is disconcerting because <laughs> if you brush up against an enemy and decide to turn around they they're just like they're, they're just like have two sides the back and the front yes there's nothing nothing else <laughs> yes the the most disconcerting appearance of that is right at the beginning of the game when there's all of those bodies that are 2d brushes and so they just kind of spin <laughs> as you as you try yes. and go around them but they just kind of like spin by flipping 180 degrees but not quite fast enough to match you in a mm-hmm. way that gave an impression to me earlier on that the game was going to be a lot less graphically smooth than it actually is during gameplay but mm-hmm. just because those were fixed objects that didn't explode in a shower of gore mm-hmm. uh they just sat on the ground and spun maniacally <laughs> well the, the gore also spins that way too it does if you push yes. past past it it's it's like it also makes the most gross sounding squishing sound <laughs> as you as you boom 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 past it you know wearing your gigantic body armor yes so that that's so that was the big thing that made the immediate impression upon me is like this is a game so so this game is actually a uh, I guess you could text it's not really a sequel but it is it is in the it's lineage like a spin-off of yeah. Space Marine a from Space 2011. Mhm. Yes, which uh which was basically like a third person run and gun/brawler where you played uh, a gentleman by the name of Titus who I, he wasn't an ultramarine in that though he was another yeah he, he was. was a different what was he I thought he was yeah a different... he was an ultramarine captain oh, okay. uh, they actually just uh, Games Workshop just released a model of him based on the uh, his design in the upcoming Space Marine sequel nice <laughs> he he's he's so he's he's always blue ultramarine da 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 indeed um. So 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 he <laughs> sorry Jeff <laughs> so 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 in that game 
you don't need to worry about the plot of it. It is basically the same plot as this, where it's like, somebody's got a thing. I need to kill the guy with the thing. Oh, no, it's actually a different guy with the thing now, and he's bigger and has a robot. It, it, it's the same basic plot, but they blew the hell out of this planet, and that's the planet that you return to in in this. So you're basically running around in the consequences of of all the fun shooting that you did in that game. But what I was going to say originally was the thing that struck me immediately about this game is that it is this game is very obsessed in a very first-person shootery way with the individual aesthetics of experience of what would it be like to be, you know, a 600-pound, 8-foot-tall, you know, weird transhuman wearing powered armor essentially as you said everywhere you walk it's just constant like ka-choom 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 you can great you can fall forever and just land like a kabonk you know and get back up um my favorite thing about it is that there's a taunt button which doesn't do anything (laughs) except make you talk to the npcs in the game where you you go i I, i'm for the emperor you know your your blood is sanctifies my blade you know like what what, whatever space marine the best part is that it's context dependent so he'll say different stuff depending on what is on the screen oh really yeah (laughs) oh interesting so like when when there are nurgle demons on the screen he'll start yelling about filth uh and cleansing (laughs) them uh and but where it's like uh if it's you know chaos idiots he'll start yelling about heresy and (laughs) Uh, and like your blood will sanctify my blade. I, I also I also enjoyed that the uh, if if you're just sort of like idle, <laughs> yes yes, he'll yes. he'll pull out he'll pull out uh, like his little. I guess uh, that's it's a, it's a codex, codex to start. Yeah, codex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a very uh, pixelated version of an illuminated document. Yeah, type it's, of thing. it's like a two foot by one foot like giant illuminated codex and he starts like turning, you know, the enormous vellum pages. Like the the best part of that is what that book is. Uh, They don't explain it at all, but what it is, is it is the, uh, the document written by the Primarch of the Ultramarines that explains how space Marines should operate. So he's reading his own instruction manual when he gets bored. (laughs) Well, you know, you, you got, you got to know what's in the binder. You know, every job uh, nowadays has a binder, right? So you oh, yeah. go to McDonald's. He's got to check the codex for all of his deliverables, most of which yes. are heads. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> heads, skulls. Um, it's yeah, it's but it's so striking because like so after playing Bolt Gun, I went back and played Doom. And we can talk a little bit about like the lineage of this game a bit later. But um, it feels so natural for this to be a 40k first person shooter in the style of doom and quake because those are already almost warhammer 40k games like when when you play doom you can really strongly feel the lineage of warhammer um in there or and if not if not directly then they're certainly ladling from the same big bowl of soup. Um, well, I mean, and, even and so, to the point so of the make, cover art. Yes. Like the original cover art of Doom is that space marine on a pile of demons gunning them mm-hmm. down. And mm-hmm. that has been like the classic 40K cover since their first edition mm-hmm. is a pile of space marines 
just gunning down an endless horde of bad guys. <laughs> just like in the game. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, and 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 so uh, I, I both of you have finished the game. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, 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 I sadly, uh, when when uh, I I've mentioned before that I'm bad at video games. Um, generally, what I mean is that I'm bad at the one of the dominant forms of video games. <laughs> I was gonna say you you've beaten like a Sekiro, and you're always like I'm on the 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 ultra super secret mega shinobi mode and i've you know <laughs> I, i've I, i've defeated 17 bosses in a minute and a half i'm pretty sure you're not bad at video games you're maybe I'm, you're I'm, just not as good at, at first I'm, I'm just very stubborn and and sekiro is like i, I think we had been talking about this off like bef- before we recorded but uh, I, I do agree i think jeff was the one to mention that it is sort of like a different skill set right mm-hmm. um uh, this is uh, I, this is what I mean when when I I say that you know like I thought I was bad at video games because for a long time the dominant video game style was you know just first person shooters everywhere everyone yeah. was playing them. Um, this is fun. Uh, I don't. I still don't know if I'm any. I'm very good <laughs> at it, but it's fun, and I think that that helps me push through uh, more often than not. Uh, I, I think it's also part of the like it's partly the the just the plain fact that the setting uh, and th- the setting itself is fun in a in a way that is slightly different than I, I when you were talking about like Doom and stuff like that I was thinking about like Halo but Halo is just like serious like you're supposed to th- like it's yes I I I, I jokingly call you know like halo and there's a lot of stuff out there not not just video games but it's essentially the aesthetic is you want to make sure that some 15 or 14 year old boy mutters badass under his breath whenever they're playing it seeing the product or what have you right this can be movies games what have you uh and and halo definitely feels like it's that well, here's here's another difference, and this is actually something that a game like Bolt Gun or Doom or Quake, for instance, actually has in common with uh, Sekiro in particular. So my my, under, my my experience of comparing Sekiro to, say, Elden Ring is that Sekiro really wants you to press your advantage and mm-hmm. doesn't want you to be super duper, like, defensive. Cautious. Cautious, cautious yeah. Cautious, yeah. Halo in particular, is a game that introduced caution to first-person shooters. Um, it's, it wasn't like the first, but it was really the one that that popularized the shield mechanic. And then Gears of War, War a little bit later, um, popularized the, the, the uh, cover me- mechanic, which is kind of like a shield by another name. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do have shields, or at least armor, contempt, armor of contempt in uh, Bolt Gun. Um, and then in Doom, you have, you know, you, you have armor uh, and so on and so forth. But um, critically, they don't recharge. And so you can wind up in a situation where you're basically fucked and need to reload, you know, or just die and and start over. And um, 
this game very much goes back to that style of gameplay where it's like you just have to keep moving and keep fighting until you die. There's nowhere to back off to. And even if there is, like, maybe you can run back through the level and find, like, a health kit that that you missed. But it very much wants you to feel oppressed by all the enemies attacking you and that the way is the, the way through is forward and into them and into the jaws of death. It's not to back off and and be safe, which is not to say that you can't play tactically, but mm-hmm. you it, it the, the the gameplay very much feeds into the style of the setting, which is like you know a space marine isn't gonna you know sit back at well some of them might an an ultramarine would not sit back and wait and be like let me play this safe let me you know I don't, don't want to bolt I don't want to scuff has- my armor has no ludonarrative dissonance. It entirely yeah. inhabits the personality of a Space Marine. Yes. Uh, in yeah. a way that also, like, Space Marine in 2011 did for the Gears of War style game, where it was like, no, you don't take cover. You yeah. are cover. <laughs> yeah, you are cover, yeah. <laughs> and Bolt Gun has kind of the same attitude where, like, I would spend so much of the game just, like, bulldozing through areas and then stopping after after everything I had found was dead, then I would go look for like ammo pickups and stuff. But you just <laughs> the game encourages you just through its design and through like the way it handles its mechanics to inhabit the headspace of a space marine where you you really kind of embody that idea of the armor of contempt. Like, very quickly, you do not respect Chaos Cultists mm-hmm. as dangerous, and you just are like, no, you're an afterthought. Like, I will take however many shots you throw out so that I can kill this important thing, and then I will crush you with my chainsword because you are not worth expending bullets on. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> Battle Brother. My only cover is the sneer I give you. <laughs> um, so I, I think one of the things that is, uh, you, you mentioned the chainsword, uh, Jeff, and honestly, it is uh, it is truly such a gratifying thing to be like, because it, it has this this thing in game where once you have sort of like targeted an enemy and you're revving your chainsword, it sort of outlines the enemy in red. It you basically <laughs> slows down, and you just, like, cut them in half. You just leave a pile of meat, 2D meat, that spins around on the ground yeah, you, as, as you walk past it. It's like the chainsaw in Doom, yes. but just ramped up as far, as far as it'll go. Because you, yeah, like, you lock on, but then if you keep hammering the chainsaw button, you'll just mm-hmm. keep sawing. <laughs> like you yes. can you can shove it into a chaos space marine at full health and if mm-hmm. you time it right you can chainsaw them like completely in half mm-hmm. yep. and it's yep. so satisfying it really is what uh one of the things i've been practicing is basically chainsaw jump backwards lock on to the next one chainsaw again from the oh, yeah. air it's so good you can use the chainsaw to navigate that way mm-hmm. if you have enough enemies. Like, you can make a jump and then chainsword lock something, and the little charge you get from activating it can let you make longer jumps. Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes <laughs> a double jump in some levels. Yeah. Well, not to mention, let's let's not forget that there's also the um, the rush mechanic mm-hmm. where you'll, you'll do, like, a, a, a dash forward and... Uh, 
God, if if there's like a human or smaller enemy uh, between you and a wall, they're they just <laughs> erupt into a blood throws. mist. And and if you jump at the end of the rush, you go incredibly far. Like there are um, like you you can actually really like climb around these levels um, if if you're clever mm-hmm. about it because like y- you can. You can launch yourself hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet by, you know, timing that rush and jump correctly. And, yeah, if you've got something to lock onto, you you can use, like, the chainsaw uh, thing, too. So, like, there, there there were parts in the game where, like, it's it's possible, if you so desire, to skip, like, a big chunk of gameplay by just fucking, you know, finding a high spot and just launching yourself off of a cliff, like, across the level to another cliff. <laughs> Well, later on, there's that uh, level in the canyons where there's that uh, automated platform that goes across. And it's like it's pretty tough because there's there's space marines shooting at you from the side and there's Zinch screamers being pains in the ass. But you can use that charge and chainsaw jump to actually really navigate that in Mm -hmm. some interesting ways that lets you ambush most of the enemies that pop up to shoot you from the from the sides. Mm. You know, that that's something that I really appreciated about this game that I think a lot of modern games have started to shy away. Well, no, I shouldn't say started. They've been shying away from for a long time. Um, so I, I think it, which is the which is like an idea of emergent complexity in the mechanics. Right. Because like the mechanics of bolt gun are not complicated. There's, you know, a handful of moves, a handful of weapons. Mostly you just walk around and point your gun at people and shoot when there's a baddie in the middle of the screen. And then they blow up and then you go on to the next person. But within that small move set, um, you can do a lot of stuff. You know, you can use it to climb. You can you can drop down on people. You know, you can, um, you know, if you charge right past somebody close up like they're not going to be able to lock on to you if you keep moving you know that the enemies don't have like they're they're good at shooting at a point but but they don't lead you if you're moving so you know as long as you're moving and you're mindful of where people are shooting from you can basically take take zero damage um but the game never really tells you this it's not like hey and i i feel like a lot of modern games want to make sure that you understand all of the mechanics that are present and they're very discreet where it'll be like push the x button brother to enter your invulnerability mode for three seconds and then a big you know three second timer will pop up on the screen to to show you you know when it's recharging and so on and so forth and and th- this is a game that very much lives in in simplicity and it, it builds simplicity into something complicated with without ever um needlessly complicating itself. So like, you know, you don't need to learn a lot to play the game, but then there's lots of little tricks and stuff that you even the in-game tutorial is very like bare bones and focused on the stuff that you absolutely have to be able to do for the game to function. So it'll like tell you how to use your chain sword and tell you how to change weapons and tell you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how to shoot and what the pickups are. But even when it tells you, like, I think the most it gets into, like, the way you can use the mechanics is just telling you that the charge button lets you jump farther if you jump at the end. <laughs> yes. But, like, that's really still just, like, the surface of the kinds of things you can do with the small amount of of button mechanics that mm-hmm. actually exist. 
Well, they they also uh, take a a page from like uh, speaking of Sekiro, uh, they take a page from FromSoft, where some of the load screens just have either lore or mechanics, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. gameplay mechanics. Uh, so you, you know, if, if you wanted to read about you know how to do certain things, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. It is it is uh, rather rather ingenious, right? There's because definitely also, at least one load screen where I was like, oh, shit, I can do that. Yeah. I, so I, w- what's interesting is that this is a slight improvement over um, some of the earlier or I should say earliest uh, first person shooters, because like I mentioned earlier, as soon as I finished Bolt Gun, I went off and played Doom. I still, by the way, I want to talk about uh, about the enemies in Bolt Gun. Because it is some of my favorite stuff, but um, there's a level very late in Doom where the only way to navigate it and really survive, um, because in there's no jump button in in Doom because Doom is not actually a 3D game unlike Bolt Gun. It's like 2.5D. Like it it it's it's you're really navigating flat rooms that have been rendered as if they are 3D. But like there is no actual Z axis in Doom. So like if if something is on your screen, you can aim up and down, but you're not actually aiming. You're just moving the camera. Like you you're you know if you aim over an enemy's head and shoot, it'll still hit it because there is no real height. Um, yeah, it but, exists on like a flat grid, but exactly. it just doesn't visually exist on a flat grid. Exactly. Um, but there's a part late in Doom where you have to use a sprint mechanic, which I, I did not fucking know was in there. I had no idea that you could sprint in Doom because there's a spot where I was like, in a game where I could jump, this is the, it's like a little gap that I would just jump across. Um, but I don't know how to get across this in Doom, a game where you can't jump. And it turned out that you needed to sprint off of it and you could kind of like bridge the gap by going fast enough. Uh, I because- only learned about the sprint in Doom from playing it on... Uh- consoles where you yeah. could click in the left stick to sprint yes because i would sprint by accident right by clicking in the left stick and then like oh okay if i do this i can run faster right so then when you see a small gap like oh gotcha i can sprint over this but yeah play when i played doom originally on the pc i didn't know you could sprint <laughs> like that yeah. never occurred to so, me so so let me ask you something real quick and, and this this just made me curious do you think that, especially when designing the game for console or porting it over, right? Do you think that the the developers, creators, whatever, just sort of figured that eventually someone was going to accident do what you did, which is accidentally figure out, oh, you can sprint. Well, I think I think it's a combination of two things. One, there's only so many buttons on a console controller, right? Like. You know, there's like 12 to 17 buttons or so, probably. So, like, especially if it's on the left stick, that's a pretty conventional, um, you know, game control scheme is to push down one of the sticks to to sprint. And it is, like Jeff said, something that you're going to do accidentally. So mm-hmm. I think you don't need to think a whole lot about, you know, like how how obvious did I make it that you can sprint? Because your inclination is probably going to be to just push all the buttons and see what happens. Oh no, no, I, I think that that's that's exactly what I'm asking. Uh, oh, so so essentially, they're just depend. I think that what you had mentioned previously with you know more recent games is that there's a lot of hand holding and and 
many times there's, there's a very intrusive tutorial, you know, like area Ugh, that you have yes. to traverse God, before you can. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes it, it will then reappear for new skills in certain games. Uh, and here I feel like um, the, the, the style of like doom was that there, they were not handholding you. They weren't exactly fucking with you, but also they didn't give you any instructions. So it's like, good luck. Well, there <laughs> are instructions, but nobody read them <laughs> because yeah. they typically were not in the game. They were typically in the manual mm. uh, or in like something called readme.txt, which which you would probably not read me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doom was absolutely from that era of games that assumed that you either uh read the you manual worked for id or software somebody <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> mm, fair enough yeah yeah to an extent all, like uh, uh, video games that are old enough to an extent are mainly designed for the developers of the game to play <laughs> oh yeah absolutely like i remember uh when i was a kid and started playing warcraft like i had to read that manual yeah like if i had a version that didn't have the manual i probably would not have liked that game because I would not know what was happening. And that's even a game that had like a yeah, bit like of a tutorial. tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. But like there was stuff that I needed to know that that was not in there. Uh, and actually later, speaking of Doom, uh, I don't even know if this is like a real thing or like a weird bootleg. Uh, but I, I remember for my birthday one year getting this thing called Doom the Lost Levels. Oh, no, that's was, real. That's real. Okay. Yes. Because it was uh, it was some discs with levels on them, but then this massive book that had, like, the entire mechanics of the game outlined in it, and then huh. design diaries for every single level that included, like, a full map and commentaries about, like, this is why I designed it this way. This is, like, this was my, like theme that I I was going with as a level designer that I thought would be interesting uh, and what kind of challenges I wanted to try out and like that is one of the first times that I fully realized just how little I knew about most games while still <laughs> being able to like play them but like just seeing how much detail there was in just the instructions in that book of how to like play and what the mechanics of the game were like, that was like a hundred pages. <laughs> and so like, it was, it was just this like really fascinating look into the degree of, of design thought that goes into a game that is purposely obfuscated by the game itself so that the player feels like they're discovering how to play on their own and making their own, you know, making their own fun and uh, like discovering the game and and getting good on their own. But like the degree of of thought and deliberateness that needs to go into designing a game that lets you do that without beating you over the head with telling you how mm -hmm. is really like impressive. Yeah, and. Yeah, I I really like the fact that like it's it's interesting to compare the games from that era 
to the reception to Bolt Gun. So Bolt Gun was was quite well received. I, I would say kind of surprisingly so because so there are a lot of Warhammer 40k games. Um, I try to keep up with all of them, you know, and be like like you know, about that once psycho a year shit. Or so. There's so many. There's so many. It's they will license that shit to anybody absolutely anybody if you have like two quarters to rub together they'd be like yeah put some space marines in that shit brother give me those Dude, quarters and we, let's go ahead. we could get the 40k license to make a game yeah yeah like exactly. i don't know what it would yeah. cost but it is definitely within our means yeah it's it's probably in the thousands of dollars i'm guessing and probably not the hundreds of thousands. maybe it's in the tens of thousands who knows maybe it's like the um what was it uh stephen king who had the thing where you could like adapt one of his stories for like a dollar if you were like a like like a student filmmaker um maybe it's one of those uh but <laughs> um but like so point being 40k games are coming out all the time i can't keep up with all of them even the ones that are released in like an individual year uh every time i look it always turns out that some some new thing came out last year that i missed that was you know reasonably good or maybe it was just you know bad or maybe it was okay whatever um so i i i i remember this being announced and i wasn't paying a lot of attention to it um and so uh, apparently this term has arisen recently called boomer shooter, which I really dislike because th- like boomers really weren't playing. They're much more of like Gen X shooters, to be perfectly honest. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, su- suffice to say, I-, I-, I guess that without me really noticing it, that like retro FPS style has returned. And this, I think, really does a good job of capturing a lot of the charm of that retro style of like the gameplay, like for good and ill. And there is a little bit of ill, I, I would say. Um, and so it was surprising. Carlo was playing well some of the ill earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did speak a little bit. Although, to, to me, that's that's all part of the fun. Like not knowing what's going on to a degree is, is part of the fun. Um, and yeah. so this game was like surprisingly popular. Um, and... Uh, I was not planning on checking it out, and I did, and immediately like reawoken parts of my brain that I hadn't used in you know fifteen or twenty years. Um, <laughs> quick, quick, enact <laughs> well, enact the FPS protocols. Well, it, it, the the other thing is that it it made me realize how much this genre had had changed um, without me really thinking a whole lot about it because like. Like it, you know, it's very much like a frog boiling thing. But when I started thinking about it, I realized that I've had zero interest in playing like modern first person shooters for a while. Um, And and I played this and I immediately remembered why, which is that like there's too much shit. I really just want to kill demons. And that's absolutely what this game is all about. And it was delightful. And also... As uh, Jeff was saying earlier, like, that's a perfect fit for a space marine. That's all a space marine wants to do is to kill demons. So it's like, great, perfect fit. Match made in heaven. (laughs) Yeah, you fully understand what your character is thinking and how they are going to approach this. Because it is the same way as your id, which is just to destroy everything in front of you. But I think if you are, let's say, not 39 or 45 or 50 but are instead, say, 19 or 22, and you play this game, maybe it will tickle your brain in the right way, or you will become possibly one of the people who leaves very mystifying reviews. Like, <laughs> uh, So, like, I, I, I saw reviews 
complaining that there's like there's no like progression system. Like, why aren't I leveling something up? Like, it's not really clear. Like, what what's even the point of playing this game? What's the story? Where are the characters? It's like, no, 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 there's one character. There's two characters. There's you and there's your gun. And you are not useful without your gun. And your gun is not useful without you. There's a third character, your little skull friend. (laughs) I forgot about the skull friend. (laughs) (laughs) How can you forget about skull friend? He's so kind of helpful, but mostly just funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always love the the ones where the, the 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 little reading comes up and he says distant screaming. And you're like, oh, that's that's his whatever <laughs> his essence would have been. That's still trapped in there. I think that's just his to- internal monologue. It's just like <laughs> if he's not focusing on any particular thoughts that he needs to convey to you, he's just <laughs> there's just dins- distant screaming rattling from inside. <laughs> Because that's also one of the most horrifying things about Warhammer that tends to be, it tends to be just kind of like dismissed as part of the aesthetic. But if you think about it at all, it is truly one of the most upsetting things, which is that that skull is alive. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a, it is from a human. It is still being powered by a human brain that is just being kept alive indefinitely by like arcane techno science. And yeah, that, that human consciousness is just trapped in that thing forever. Right. Because artificial intelligence very against uh, the law slash the religion slash all sorts of things. Very much a, even a broken clock is right twice a day situation with the Imperium. (laughs) We should destroy the AI. But on the other hand, like taking like say a prisoner or hell just a random person and cutting their head off and using them to i don't know let's say run a food dispenser totally fine <laughs> because i mean hey like you need things that are kind of like computers it's you know it's it's just like dune where it's like oh well you know <laughs> mentats replace computers but warhammer goes well why do we need the whole mentat we really just need the head <laughs> It's rather wasteful, wouldn't you say, Battle Brother? Yeah. It's actually much easier if we just don't have the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I get the impression he was supposed to be like a wayfinder type thing. It'd be like, oh, it's over here. But if that was the intent, it really doesn't function for that because he mostly follows you instead of showing you where to go. Oh, and, oh, and he just like fucks off whenever there's battle. Yeah, so he he's just like, teleports out. Why? See ya. Good luck. And he and very occasionally gives hints. Yes. But well, it seems he finds very items for you. Yeah. And it seems like he he'll occasionally give you hints for the path forward, mm-hmm. but rarely when you needed them. Yes. Most <laughs> yes, usually when it's like, you. yeah. Well, even even pointing out things is like, oh, yeah, we, we've only we've only circled this one area like five times. You're just now telling me that there's ammo still there. Oh, the only thanks. time that's useful is when you find a new kind of pickup and he tells yes. you what it is. That that mm. part is genuinely like a useful element of of that skull guy. And he's also the conduit through which the Inquisitor yells at you sometimes. Yes, <laughs> I liked that. I like when when it's um, uh, like if you don't move for for a while, he'll start like bugging you, being like onward, or he'll say uh, you know 
query lost. Um, <laughs> or there, there was one part where later in the game than I think you are, Carlo, you get into these like these kind of like series of bottomless pits where you have to to kind of descend by jumping. Well, I guess they're not bottomless, but they are certainly bottom full. Um, you have to kind of like drop down, and it says something like, um, uh, you know. Course of direction, down, recommended strategy, falling. <laughs> Which I appreciated. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. Uh but let's let's talk about the enemies. Um, because one thing that Warhammer has is cool enemies in droves. And we get a nice cross section of them here. One thing that's cool about the enemies before we get into the types is that every single one of them is a miniature from the model line. Every single one. Oh, really? Yeah. Even 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 the little uh, pink guy with the helmet on. Oh, especially yep. the little pink guy with the helmet. Yeah. On. No, that is that is like they they ran a on their website they ran a poll for favorite like weird little guy, <laughs> and the pink the pink nerdling I, with the helmet won. I I, I gotta say I, they're all correct. I Did agree. you notice that he shakes his ass at you periodically? Yes, yes. He claps. <laughs> he claps cheeks. There's also like, uh, one of the other nerglings that will do a handstand and wave his ass at you. <laughs> so, which is also again one of there is a model of a nergling doing a handstand and waving its ass. <laughs> so, Carlo, um, are you familiar with uh, the chaos gods? Like. The four chaos gods. Some say five, I, but really four. I, some say cos. Some, some say cosy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I've heard a couple of them. I just, I, and I've probably watched something Warhammer related on YouTube here or there. But yeah, like Zinch, I believe, is actually uh, one of the monsters there is uh, the, the screamers of, of Zinch. Zinch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so. Zinch is, is the the chaos god of sorcery and like conspiracy and paranoia and intrigue and secrets and stuff. Um, so he is very much like the wizard god. So so that's why you, you know all the guys who do magic shit at you um, are you mean Zinch you mean like the fucking flamers? <laughs> the fucking flamers very much. They are like I, I forget if they're like a greater demon or what they are no the exactly. the only greater one that appears is the lord of change the, the, yeah the, you're right and uh the great unclean one who is a boss yes, later yes. on I, I guess um yeah so so he's like the sorcery guy the the other one that that really has a prominent presence is nurgle um mm -hmm. who's just like disease and filth and weird little guys basically weird basically. little guys yes yeah nurgle's weird thing is that uh nurgle is actually has like a very jolly personality yeah because he's excited that he is sharing these plagues with you. Yeah. <laughs> because he made them for you. And he's excited that you get to use them. So I, I like, saw that's you guys. why the nerglings are always so happy looking and, and doing little dances and stuff. Because they're really excited to see you and to give you uh, space hepatitis. <laughs> I saw you sneeze like five million years ago. And I thought, let's do that better. And here it is. Why? Why are you so afraid of it? <laughs> it's also why most you. of the Nurgle demons have some attack that involves puking at you. Yeah, makes sense. They're just trying to share. Um, they're being good, good neighbors, good hosts. 
Um, then there's there's Slanesh, who is like desire and sensuality and beauty and uh, pursuit of perfection. I don't think there's anything from Slanesh in this game. Slanesh, Slanesh and Korn, the war god, don't appear in the game at all, which was interesting. The aspiring that they made that champion choice. has very to, to me. The aspiring champion has kind of corn vibes, but it, it, because well, yeah, you know, it's because he sprints at you with a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, which is a very corn corn move. And then if they're a chosen champion, once you kill them, they beseech the gods to get back up and sprint at you with yes. a chainsaw. A second uh, time. Unless you fucking blow them up. If you blow yes. up their body, then they don't come back. Which I appreciate. Again, it's it's like, well, what would a how would a space marine solve this? problem well kill if it your body harder. comes back yeah smash the body <laughs> come back as an eyeball <laughs> have fun um yeah i <laughs> i'm sorry Kurt. Okay. i just imagine like a eyeball sort of like inchworming along after you like just I mean, glaring uh, so glaring who Can't even I... close its eye at all to yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> to focus the glare <laughs> Um, so I like. I think my favorite enemies, apart from the nerglings who are who are just fun. Um, I I really like. I'm I'm kind of a basic bitch uh, when it comes to 40k. I really liked the Chaos Space Marines and um, the uh, Chaos Terminators. So Terminators are basically just Space Marine with more armor, essentially. Yeah, it's it's the name of a suit of armor. Uh, yeah. and the first time a Terminator appears in the game is such a well-executed, oh no, yeah, kind of moment, because <laughs> you've kind of just been bulldozing guys for yes. a while at the point where the first Chaos Terminator appears, and then all of a sudden, this guy appears, and he's huge, and if you know what it is, you're immediately just like, uh-oh. But even if you don't, uh, it's, so, the game has a toughness and strength mechanic, which is not really explained to you other than on the load screens, but is actually ah, taken right, directly yes. from 40K. So everything in the game has the toughness that it had in 40K at the time the game came out. And the weapons are the same strength. And so it's it's just a system of like use strong weapon to kill lower toughness faster. Uh, but at that point in the game, you don't have anything that's even equal to the Terminator's toughness. So you're just like chipping down its health bar with your bolt gun. And it gives you this great sense of like, oh, no, this guy's like me, but he's better than me. (laughs) And this is going to require some uh, some different tactics uh, and more firepower. Mm hmm. And usually the tactic, because the Terminators are kind of slow, is just like stepping around a corner for a couple of seconds until he loses interest and then copping out and going bah, and shooting him some more. And um, waiting until it reloads its auto cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I like them. And then um, I have to say, I kind of like the Flamers once I got the hang of fighting them. Um, the Exalted Ones still they annoyed the yes, shit out of me up until yeah, yeah. like... Even at the final boss, I was still like, oh, my God, these guys again? We're <laughs> still so res- doing they're, this? They're so resistant, too. It's like, Jesus, what the fuck? They're just tough enough that you really have to focus on getting rid of them. But they always show up with something that distracts you from them. Yeah, a pink a, a pink horror, for instance. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the thing about the flamers is that their projectiles don't track you 
and they're actually fairly slow. So if you're paying attention, you can just like step one foot to the side and it completely misses you. Um, yeah, but- it's a very, very dodgeable projectile, but they usually just like there's a certain amount of. I suppose tactics shown by the enemies, although they're not like particularly smart, uh, but it's they design it so that when there is uh, an enemy with a really easily dodged attack, they're probably also going to throw a bunch of chaff that just gets in your way. Right. And, um, and moves and moves just slightly faster. <laughs> so they get in your way faster, too. Well, that's why yeah. some of the purges that have a ton of Nurglings in them are the hardest ones, mm-hmm. because you're just trying to clear through them to get space to move. But while that's happening, you've got like Plague Toads or right. Screamers or something. Yeah, like you're just you're so swarmed with Nurglings that you just can't deal with the actually mm-hmm. dangerous stuff that is pummeling you from distance. Yep. Speaking of least favorite enemy is, I think for me, is the greater um, Plague Toad, uh, the real big fuckers, because oh, they God. just soak an enormous amount of damage and they have like long range and medium range and close attacks and they do a lot and, and they do a lot of damage. So it's just like a pain in the ass to deal with them. And they're honestly not that fun to fight compared to like. You know, the Terminator is like fun to fight. You can move around. It feels like you're fighting, you know, a person sort of. Whereas the Plague Toad is just like, here's the big guy and he's just going to stand there and, you know, barf at you for a while. So, yeah, that's kind of, I think, the thing with the Plague Toad that makes it frustrating is because it is such a bullet sponge that Mm -hmm. no matter what distance you engage it at and no matter how you choose to engage it, you're kind of just hammering shots into it for much longer than yeah remains fun and it consumes all your ammo too oh yeah like if you if you want to run out of plasma gun ammo here's a plague toad <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> the guns are very very satisfying we haven't really talked about the guns oh the, um, the, the which the is shocking bolter. because the bolt gun is the name of the game and is <laughs> so satisfying and and i love that it's actually good that it's yeah. not, uh, which which again is another like doom thing, frankly, where it's like, okay, the the pistol isn't really good, but it's still you know it's good enough. But anything beyond that, all good guns. There is no really, there's no bad gun, and just like that, I would say there's there's no bad gun in in this. I guess probably the shotgun is is the least useful throughout the game, but that's mostly just because, um, it, it you know it. I think it probably could have done a little bit more damage up close. I know why they didn't do that, but that's my only balance complaint, really, is that... Yeah, for for me, the problem with the shotgun was the fact that it loads manually, shell by shell. Yes. So it's actually really effective when you're fighting hordes of Nurglings or a bunch of cultists, but then as soon as you run through the clip, you're... You're hooped. Like you gotta change weapons because it's gonna take you so long to reload the shotgun that you might as well just switch to your bolter and like turn everybody into paste in the time it would have taken you to reload the shotgun. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I I don't know that I've I think I may have used the shotgun accidentally. It's um as the game goes on, you kind of get forced to use it because you very frequently wind up like scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes 
to weapons. Um, mm. And so, you know, you'll have like, well, I know that I have like 45 heavy bolter rounds so I can kill, you know, three space, mar- you know, three space Marines. But I know that I can't kill that, you know, fourth one and I can't kill the aspiring champion. Uh, so eventually you do get down to the shotgun and it's actually fairly effective for sniping, which is surprising. Um, but it is. Uh but yeah, you you kind of get forced to use it, and you always kind of be like, ah, I don't want to. It reminds me of um, what's that joke in uh, Futurama? Uh, uh, Scooty Puff Junior. It's very yes. much the Scooty <laughs> Puff Junior of this game. <laughs> but then if you go one over, you get the Melta Gun, and that's like the Scooty Puff Senior, oh. the Death Dealer. Yes. <laughs> Although the way the it counts gun. ammo annoyed me so much because what's it's that? the only the way the Melta Gun counts ammo. It's the only one in the game that expends more than one ammo per shot. Oh, yes, you're right. It does. Yes. Which annoyed me so much because I thought I had so much Melta ammo. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's gone. And I'm I'm facing things that really could have used that Melta gun. Yes. <laughs> um, the grav, uh, the grav cannon is pretty fun. It's like a. It's like a laser that's exploding at the end of it. I, I enjoyed it's, that. It's like a beam that uses gravity to make your opponent's armor crush themselves. Yes, which is which, which means is awesome. that the higher toughness the enemy you use it against, it multiplies the damage. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, for, for me, the gun I use the absolute most is the plasma gun, though. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely like the most versatile um oh that that was another funny um funny complaint uh is uh, i i a lot of the people that i saw leaving poor reviews of the game don't understand the idea of trade-offs so they'll 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 say like the plasma gun is so good i why couldn't i just use it all the time uh it's stupid that it does splash damage back to you and it's like yes that's called balance it's a trade-off. You yeah, can't like use it, it does splash close. damage to you <laughs> so that you don't just use it all the time and you exactly. use your other guns. Um, even and so, also though, so that idiots like me can kill themselves by accident <laughs> because they dodged behind a, a pillar too fast and plasma gun themselves. <laughs> even which so is something though, I do constantly in Doom with the rocket launcher. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I killed myself with the rocket launcher a million times in Doom when I first got it. Um I do Man, think I still that- kill myself a million times now when I replay it. I never <laughs> learn. Um, a, a gun that I didn't use a lot of until later in the game that I wish I had used more of earlier. It's actually quite good. Is uh, the the Volkite Caliber? I was not from. But do you, do you know anything about that gun so, in actual 40k? Because I know nothing about it. So it is a new thing that has been reintroduced into 40k in a like lost technology has been recovered kind of way it's a weapon that was really common in the uh the setting that they've been developing that's the civil war ten thousand years in the past uh the horus heresy and so volkite is essentially the uh more advanced than plasma technology where they have removed the elements of plasma that make it unstable and dangerous to you. <laughs> the stuff that uh, makes it cool. Yeah, and so they essentially made a plasma gun that was not quite as strong, but was safe for the user. Okay. And so in uh, the tabletop game uh, called the Horus Heresy, 
uh, Volkite is a super common uh, type of weapon that you can equip your Space Marines with. And there's like a whole bunch of different sizes of Volkite weapon, and they all have insane names like Calivers and Culverins and uh, I don't know, a bunch of like weird C words that mean gun. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, is that, that is that Gene Wolfe's music I hear? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that it's so it's a thing that they've reintroduced kind of recently into 40K uh, is is Volkite technology. And so they threw that into the game because it also had a different, you know, it has a, it is a different type of uh, like it fires a, a steady stream instead of separate projectiles. So it made a different uh, okay. kind of more sense. unique option. Um, and also actually a, like a fun thing with the weapons that I appreciated as a tie into the tabletop game is that uh, your character is a Stern Guard veteran, uh, which only really gets mentioned at the beginning of the game. Uh, but that is a specific type of Space Marine that you can use in 40K. And all of the weapons that you get through a bolt gun are weapons that Stern Guard veterans could take. Oh, that's cool. I love that. I love the unnecessary commitment to detail. Yeah, it's it's such a clever way of... One, like designing a, an interesting variety of weapons for the game, but also like there's so many touches of if you play the tabletop game, you're just seeing them translating uh, mechanics or models into the game in a really seamless way mm-hmm. where if you don't know the tabletop game, you're not losing anything like you mm-hmm. you just understand this is a type of gun that i have now and it does a slightly different thing than the other types of gun mm-hmm. but if you know the tabletop game then you get a fun like bit of you know recognition and seeing oh they've done this clever thing and how they're implementing the choices of weapons that they make in the game and it's the, it's the kind of self-referential thing that is really effective as opposed to the kind of self-referential thing that uh, the Marvel movies, for example, have really begun to lean into where it is too deep and necessary to understand what's going on and it becomes alienating. Um, so I do, I know that we're, we're running over, but I do want to give a shout out to the music, um, which I could have used more music in the game, like in the actual levels. When it's there, it's good. Um, I, I, I have to say that was the only thing that felt a little bit off to me is that when I went back and played Doom or re- replayed Doom, I was like, oh, right. Doom's soundtrack is always right in your face. Like as soon as you start the game, it's got that, you know, the knockoff master of puppets that, you know, basically like <laughs> instantly right away. Um, but the music that w- when the music kicks in in Bolt Gun, it's great, and the menu music and the closing music um, are absolutely terrific. And w- some of it is by a band called D Rock or possibly Drock. Uh, I think I it's D Rock. I see. I-, I wasn't sure if it was like a Judge Dredd reference because isn't oh, that maybe. their thing, Drock it? Um, so, yeah, that yeah, that might be. I don't know. But, so, Someone get D Rock on the phone. Well, so. The reason I wonder in particular is D-Rock is actually 
so the songs are a bunch of the songs are actually from a 1991 album released by Games Workshop where Yeah, they used to have a record label. Yes. I which didn't was know that. Bizarre, but resulted in some truly fantastic album covers. The other <laughs> thing is that's interesting is that Brian May played on a bunch of D-Rock uh uh, tr- hmm. tracks uh, apparently because i think like his kid really liked warhammer 40k and and was like you should uh like get in touch with them and see if you can play guitar for this so it's got ryan may from from queen playing warhammer 40k music <laughs> that's so good <laughs> um the the closing theme is called chainsaw man <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and it's great and it's terrific i did not uh, know that was the title of the yes. closing theme and um even uh, uh, apparently i i have not read or watched uh chainsaw man the the manga slash anime but uh i i am I, I have been informed that the lyrics apply equally well uh to warhammer 40k and to chainsaw man so apparently it is now also an an, an uh unofficial anthem of that fandom as well so what we're saying is that 40K is anime. Perhaps. I would watch a 40K anime, absolutely. I Honestly, it would probably be really good. And probably. Games Workshop has actually branched into producing animation in the past few years. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. It's not, it's, it's, it's almost watchable, but not quite. It's, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you can see that the people they're hiring are very good at their jobs, but they need like... 20% more money yes, exactly. to really get yes. where they want to go with it. Yes, precisely. Um, All right. Well, I wanted to talk extensively about like Doom and other first-person shooters because I was really surprised when I went back and played Doom just how much like variety there is in that game. Like it genuinely is also like a horror game in a way that, for instance, Bolt Gun isn't. Like Bolt Gun is just like pure first person shooter by and large. And there are parts of Doom where it's like, you know, you're in a dark room with flashing lights and you can see, you know, one guy off in the distance and suddenly there's 40 guys around you and it's genuinely scary in a way that Bolt Gun isn't. But again, that's appropriate, you know, for this. What I'll say is I would love to see a Bolt Gun sequel where you are, I don't know, uh, where you are like an Imperial Guardsman, for, for instance, and it's just fucking terrifying the entire time. <laughs> oh, they can absolutely make a fantastic horror game in the 40K setting where yes. you're just a guy and everything is fucked. <laughs> everything is fucked, yes. <laughs> you're as likely to be killed by a space marine who just doesn't care that he's, you know, there's a guardsman. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, like, yeah, space marines would just be treated like a like a stampeding animal. <laughs> yes. There's also I mean, there's also stuff like uh, the Grey Knights where it's like, well, they're secret. And the best way to maintain secrecy is that, you know, if Grey Knights show up and help your embattled, uh, you know, Imperial Guard unit, they just kill you afterwards. <laughs> like, Sorry. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, also, we sorry. Have, we have cleansed this world of demons. Uh, we have also cleansed it of its entire populace and will be sending a new colony ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the upside, the buildings are already here. Yeah, they're going to have so much infrastructure already. Look at this. It's only a little bit exploded. <laughs> oh, that's actually uh, uh, brings me one thing I wanted to point out 
that along with the enemies all being based on specific miniatures, most of the geography of the game, like the environments, are based on model kits. Oh, really? So, so whenever you go into the... Uh, like, well, for example, in the canyon area, uh, there are these, like, goofy green cactuses. And those are based on a piece of terrain that Games Workshop used to use in its <laughs> photography. Hmm. Uh, but when you get further on and you get to that, because uh, that area is like there's this canyon that has a, a Mechanicus facility kind of built into the side of it. And when you get to the Mechanicus facility, all of that stuff is built out of uh, a line of terrain kits the Games Workshop sells. That's great. Uh, and same with when you're in the city. Uh, all of that is based on uh, a series of terrain kits. The city is great. Um, oh, I love when you go into the warp briefly because there's like one or two levels where like the warp has like yeah. hinged upon reality and you'll be going down a hallway and all of a sudden you're on like an infinite plane with like a weird hell castle <laughs> and it's like well i guess i'm fighting here now and then like <laughs> you go through a door and suddenly you're back in like a regular corridor and it's like oh i, I guess i'm done with that <laughs> so yeah the the way they handle the warp is really interesting especially like the areas where it's only partially encroaching and so you'll walk into this extremely colorful area of the map but then you'll be able to like see through the architecture of mm -hmm. the level into this like infinite space that you can't quite see but is always there kind of mm -hmm. at the corners of your vision in a really unsettling way and it, it it does a really good job of handling like creating the feeling that the warp is always described as giving off without having to just like render everything and kind of weaken the right uh the aesthetic yeah and they also don't they they also wisely um don't trap you there for a really long period of time because it is also a bit annoying so like it's like half of one level i think yeah which is about about the right amount because even oh yeah by, by the end of it i was kind of like i'm i'm done with the magic doors please <laughs> <laughs> no more magic yeah. doors. <laughs> I cannot wait to be in a level that only has uh, a single part that is considered the floor. Yes. <laughs> MCS, MC Escherass Cathedral. That's what it Although is. that level does have uh, a lot of elements we were talking about earlier where you can kind of just use the mechanics of the game to really explore and try some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you can make a lot of jumps to places that you probably aren't supposed to be able to get mm -hmm. to uh, and navigate that space in some really interesting ways. Hmm. And then fall yeah. off and, and, and teleport die. back to the door. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that if if you fall, it just like brings you back with like 20% less health. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. I found out. <laughs> Suffice to say... Um, I liked the game. <laughs> it's really yeah. good. It's really good. It's fun. It's, it's lots of fun. It really yeah. is. It's not It's not super long, but it is also longer than I was expecting. Like, people were describing it as short, and I would say it's not really that short. I, I, I don't know. It's I like, would push back against the description that it's short, because there's, what, like, nine levels per chapter with three chapters? Yeah. 
It's probably, and, I don't know, like 10 or 12 hours worth of gameplay, something like that. Oh, you, you're much better at this game than I am then, because I think my <laughs> playthrough ran... I checked when I finished it, and I think I was at 20 hours. I, yeah, it, it definitely didn't take me quite quite that long. I, I, I think I may just be better at save scumming. <laughs> mm. Possibly. I know, oh, like, no. I didn't really start doing the, uh, like, clever use of the autosave until towards the end of the game when it really starts to get difficult. Yes. Yeah. I think like I know was... the final boss level. I definitely was like <laughs> yeah. every time I finished a phase, like I'm yes. saving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I got like a good 20 percent off the boss, I was like, that's pretty good. I'll save. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the by the by the end boss, there was a couple parts where it was just like, oh, did I land like a decent flurry? OK, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. save. save. I'll step behind a pillar and save. Oh, I found, you know, I found one of the three remaining health power ups I haven't picked up yet. I'm going to say, you know, I'll, I'll get it and then I'll save. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So um, I suppose that is that. Uh, do we have any uh, parting words for the emperor? The uh, most satisfying thing that happened to me in Bolt Gun was collecting a mega damage power up and then chain sorting a Lord of Change to death. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is the most satisfied I have ever been with myself as a result of a video game <laughs> in recent memory. It was Amazing. so good. Like oh. I got up and did a lap around my living room with my arms over my head like a maniac. So happy <laughs> to kill that stupid bird with a chainsaw sword. Yeah, it is. It is very satisfying when, you know, events conspire to give you a significant advantage over someone who's just been stepping on your shit repeatedly up until that point. Um, yeah, my, my, I, I definitely had some moments like that. Um, it, and it's it's good at delivering those. I think my my closing thoughts are it is not a perfect game. There are, you know, there's definitely aspects of the level design that could have been maybe a little bit more waypointed because you, especially there's levels where it's like you have to find like seven different keys and like this key unlocks this area and you kind of have to remember like where was the red door? I have to backtrack to find the red door. There's also a lot of levels that loop on themselves in yes. ways that are not, obvious at first mm -hmm. so you'll think you just got lost and went backwards but actually you were correctly going mm -hmm. forward and but then you lose like 20 minutes because you're trying to re retract the yes what you just did <laughs> especially when it like respawns enemies in an area that you already cleared because you did something else somewhere else in the level and it's like oh is this a new room no it's the same room you just picked up a power up and made the game you know, uh, punish you. It, 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 it does. It is funny to me when there's like a power. Like, so, so one thing that this game could have done more of is teleporting assholes in around you, which is something that doom loved to do. Like if, if you see a power up sitting by itself in the middle of a room and you're playing doom, I, you always like, you stop and you're like, how much want, do I want that? Yeah. I, do I really <laughs> need to pick up that power up? Like, cause I know, that as soon as I do, 20 imps are going to appear around me. This game doesn't really do that much. There's like one or two spots where it does it. And I actually feel like it, it, it could have done it a little bit more, actually. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, there's 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 a few flaws that like I would love to see a sequel where they just double down on the parts that were good. Maybe expand a little bit. I, you know, may, even even more weapons. I would appreciate. You know, but overall, if they just made ten more levels, I would happily play those too. So, even just adding a map would be, yeah. Like, make the same game with new levels and a map. Yep. Great. 10 out of 10. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this, this is absolutely one of my favorite games I've played uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, same. I, yeah. I had so much fun playing it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's straightforward. It's absolutely the most fun I've had with a first-person shooter since maybe, like, maybe, like, Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. But like the first one, I learned recently <laughs> that they made a second Modern Warfare and Modern <laughs> Warfare 2, yes. which was extremely confusing. Oh, dude, they've done that with Doom as well. Like, well, they I, made I knew that a new game called those. just Doom. And then even more confusingly, I don't know. I just learned about this earlier today. Um, they made like an expansion for Doom, which came out in 2016, not Doom from 1992. 93? I forget the actual year that Doom I came out. I think 93. That sounds right. Um, so they made an expansion for 2016 Doom called Doom 64. <laughs> what? <laughs> which, which isn't confusing at all. <laughs> I actually played Doom 64 pretty recently. Like, maybe like two months before I picked up Bolt Gun. Because uh, I realized I'd never played it before because I thought it was just the same levels as Doom ported to the N64. Oh, it's I didn't not. Realize it was all no, it's not. It's all unique levels. Oh, and so it was like I don't know. I think it was like six bucks huh. on uh, online. So I grabbed it and was like, "Oh, this is a completely different thing. This is actually pretty sweet." Oh, neat. Hmm. I only played but Quake yeah, sixty four, which is not worth playing. <laughs> it's so <laughs> confusing that they made a Doom sixty four expansion to Doom twenty sixteen. <laughs> Although Doom 2016 is actually a really similar, now that I think about it, game experience to Bolt Gun. Yeah, that definitely seems to be one of the one of the games that seems to have brought back the whole like retro first person shooter thing. It it also has the same level of uh, your main character is just a killing machine with no uh, the Doom no inner right? life or thoughts or desire to actually. Uh, participate in or advance any kind of story but just like <laughs> yeah 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 I'll get the thing machine gun machine gun machine gun <laughs> doom guy it's like Megadeth says killing is my business and business is good it's true alright well I mean uh, so you know all praise to the emperor and I guess that's that so uh, Jeff Thanks for for coming on and and being willing to talk about you know bolt gun and other first person shooters of the of that type. Uh, Kurt, thanks for pointing this out. Of course, uh, I, I'm gnashing my teeth whilst having fun. So, Jeff, always always a great one. Before you go, I mm-hmm. understand that you have a game out. I do. Uh, I have uh, a, a role playing game. Uh, called Hell Inc. The RPG, which is a, a role-playing game uh, where you are demons who work in an office. Uh, we also have uh, another role-playing game that we've talked about on this podcast that is coming out in a couple of months called Burger Punk The RPG. 
Uh, We actually just got the print books in uh, last week and are currently in the process of packaging a couple hundred of them to to go out via (laughs) uh, to Kickstarter backers. Uh, And then once we're done with that, we'll get it up uh, for sale to the general public. And then our next project is probably most relevant to bolt gun fans. uh, And it is called fail Marines. Yeah. We currently have a, uh, we currently have uh, quick play rules uh, online at drive through RPG and itch.io. I just search for fail Marines quick play and you should be able to find that or uh, hit up my website uh, which is rentathugcomics.com. Uh, and you can get to my webcomic, Hell Inc. And uh, the main page and the Hell Inc. site have, uh, between those two, you have all your relevant links to my stuff online. Uh, but yeah, Fail Marines uh, is about what happens when you put a bunch of effort into making these space marines, but they don't come out quite right. And you feel like you still need to do something with them to justify the effort. Uh, I, love, I love the art. Um, on the cover, in, 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 all of the art that I've seen is good, but I especially love the art where it's like a bunch of, uh, you know, legally distinct from space Marines, kind of like sit, sitting around a campfire, like roasting like pieces of flesh, I think, on, on like a stick or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they're eating some corpse on a stick uh, and oblivious to the endless horde of mutants that is uh, bearing down on them. Uh, that was actually drawn by uh, my friend Lukasz Kowalczuk. Uh, he's a Polish artist who also did the uh, the Burger Punk cover. The, his his style is so fucking cool. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. He actually also did uh, the cover and I think ten or twelve interior pages on my most recent graphic novel, uh, Hockey Apocalypse Slashers. Uh, oh, yes. Again, uh, rentathugcomics.com and the Hell Inc. Uh, sort of subsite of that can get you uh, all the links you need to that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. All right. Well, in that case, th- thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, and, and we'll be sure to put it in the show notes and everyone out there. Thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next time here on Podside. She's on man.